The following is a President's Chapel by Professor Joel Kim, President of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this chapel message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. wscal.edu, 888-480-8474. Well, this is an unusual scene for us. By this time, students would be finishing up their class and streaming into the chapel for us to join in time of prayer, praise, and proclamation of the word. But today, the chapel sits empty, and I am joined simply by CJ, who's working the sound booth here, our dear friend, as we come to you live this morning from Westminster Seminary, California. As many of you know, we at the seminary suspended our in-person and in-class instruction uh, about a week ago. And this week, we've transitioned to an online instruction. We are very grateful for the technology that allows our students to continue receiving, receive their education and for us to continue in our community as we meet for prayer groups, as we meet for our meetings and continue to encourage one another during these times. I'm so grateful for our staff our faculty and our students who have been incredibly flexible, patient, and gracious uh, despite the difficulties of the circumstances. None of us imagined this at the beginning of uh, the spring semester, but we trust in the Lord's providence. We are grateful for his protection over his people and this institution as well. And as we continue to think through and prayerfully respond to the changing times, we wanted a, a, to find a way to encourage our students that are here, as well as our staff and faculty, and encourage many of you who are joining you, and we decided to continue our chapel just on Thursdays. Thursdays live, uh, rotating with me will be Dr. Craig Troxell for the remaining seven weeks of our semester as well. We look forward to seeing you and meeting you during those days. Please know that we're praying for you. Uh, we're grateful that you remember us in your prayers as well as we seek the Lord's protection and guidance. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer as we begin our time reflecting upon the word. Father, we lean upon your grace this morning and ask that you will continue to protect us. Keep us from harm, O Lord. Allow us to fixate our eyes upon you and find in you our trust and our hope and our rest. Be with those who are ailing, O Lord, we ask for healing. Be with those who are anxious and worried. We ask for your consolation and presence and peace. Be with those, O Lord, who are scrambling to meet the needs, both medical as well as economic needs of our nation and as, as well as our neighbors. We ask for your provisions, O Lord, and your special measure of grace as these decisions are being made. Be with us now. As we turn to your word, we ask that your word will come alive to us by the workings of your spirit, teaching us and giving us confidence in you and you alone. For we pray these things in the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Would you turn with me to Psalm 3? Psalm 3 is our text for this morning. As many around the country and many pastors are streaming their worship uh, from their homes or at churches, many have turned to the Psalms, uh, books that uh, Calvin calls the anatomy of our souls, reflecting upon our distress as well as our emotions 
as we think about all the things that many are dealing with and as we deal with our emotions as well. And we can't help but to turn to Psalm 3 as we think upon the Lord's salvation for us, as we hear his word, a Psalm of David, when he fled from Absalom, his son. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessings be on your people. Do you know about sleepless nights? I was told that our best theology, at least practical theology, is done at three o'clock in the morning when you wake up full of anxiety and concerns, uncertainties about the future, as we think about our children and our families, our church members and our neighbors. Perhaps many of you are having sleepless nights as well. Many things keep us up at night we recognize. Well, this psalm is for you then is for those of us who are uncertain, overwhelmed, and in fear as we identify with the psalmist who honestly displays his sorrow. He trusts in the Lord as his shield and praises the Savior. So sorrow, shield, and Savior. David begins with these words in Psalm 3, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. For you see, David knew something about worries and sorrows. When David was occupied with governing the nation, his son Absalom stole the hearts of his people and raised a rebellion in the nearby town of Hebron. The revolt was so sudden and unexpected that David had no recourse but to flee to Jerusalem with whatever leaders remained faithful to him at that point. The historical account reminds us that he retreated to the safety of the desert, weeping and barefoot, his head covered in sorrow and concerns. This is a dark hour for David. The title indicates a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. He writes not only of his son's betrayal, but of the opposition of many, or as verse six indicates, many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. He writes not only for his own safety and salvation, but remembers the precious lives of his own people, calling for the blessing of the Lord to be upon his people, not only upon his own survival. He writes not only for self-vindication, but for the Lord to be vindicated as well, as rumors abounded that the Lord had withdrawn himself from David, that the Lord is nowhere to be found, they were saying. Many saying, as verse 2 says, there is no salvation for him in the Lord. 
Repeated is the word many, many, many. As he looks within and all around, David cannot help but feel hopeless, feel powerless, and perhaps even scared. This psalm lends its voice and words to how many of us feel this morning and perhaps for the last couple of weeks as events change so quickly that we do not have the ability to fully comprehend or understand, nor even to even feel what we ought to feel about the situation around us. The Psalms, as you find it to be true always, do not cover up our emotions, but rather tackle them head on. And David's sorrow often is shared by many, including many of us as well. It reminds me of Psalm 137, of a similar sentiment recorded for us, where the psalmist, now conquered by the enemies, expresses his deep sorrow over his own condition and his life and the condition of the nation when he says in 137 verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How in the midst of all that we face, deal with the challenges that seem to be mounting, how do we sing the Lord's song in these foreign times? This is where the psalmist takes a pivot. Verses three and four say, but you, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. But you, O Lord, but you, O Lord, he says. As one commentator says, when a believer gazes too long at his opponents, the force arrayed against him seems to grow in size until it appears to be overwhelming. But when he turns his thoughts to God, God is seen in his true great stature, and the enemies shrink to manageable proportions, the commentator says. This is precisely because the Lord is our shield. He is our shield about us. Shield, as you know, is a common metaphor for protection, often used of God by the psalmists themselves. As Psalm 710 says, my shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. Psalm 18, one of our favorite verses, as I grew up in my parents' home, this was actually listed on our wall. From my birth all the way to my departure to college, these were the words etched in our household as well as our brains when it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. The shield of protection is about me. It's around me. It's the image of complete protection. The large shield was big enough to protect the whole body from the enemy's sword or arrows. Perhaps this is not a time for us to think about things or remember things that are sometimes seemingly silly, but I remember times playing games with our kids where they needed to hide, and they would find the biggest Amazon box that they can find, and they put themselves in the box, whatever we were playing, 
Whether we were throwing pillows, whether we were shooting Nerf guns, either way, they felt protected within that box. You know how that feels. Here, here, the Lord is the shield about us. He is our shield who covers us in full protection. If that's the case, perhaps it's natural that David would turn to him, would turn to him in times of sorrow, times of anxiety and concern, to the only one who protects, who gives worth, and who is able to restore our confidence as he says, I cried out to the Lord. I cried out to the Lord. It is a proof of faith that a believer turns to the Lord in prayer, even and perhaps especially in moments of despair. When Jehoshaphat faced the great enemy assembled against him and his people, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3 records that he was himself afraid and the whole nation gathered around him to set their face to the Lord. And you know the prayers that they lifted up when he representing his people said, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And this has been the prayer of our campus, our community as well. John Calvin says, and certainly the only remedy for allaying our fears is this, to cast upon him all the cares which trouble us. As on the other hand, those who have the conviction that they are the objects of his regard must be prostrated and overwhelmed by the calamities which befall them. David's response at this point in remembering the Lord's protection as his shield and turning to the Lord in prayer as you and I ought to do, simply confessing we don't know, but our eyes are on you, his response is given in two movements found in verses 5 and 6. He says, I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. This is the heart of this psalm and the part that many find most attractive about Psalm 3. Here is the confidence that a believer has, despite the circumstances, despite what our eyes tell us about our circumstances, he finds himself trusting in the Lord, his shield, the one to whom he's cried out. And the way he expresses that is by pointing out that he had a night of rest. He slept well. Despite all danger and opposition, David is able to do what many of us desire to do every night, rest. This is not about extreme fatigue, putting him down to rest, or David's easygoing personality that's able to deal with changes well. It's all about the trust that he's able to have in the shield, God who is in charge, and knowing that God is in charge and is at work beyond what David is capable of doing, he is able to rest and find rest in him. You may recall Psalm 121. It tells us of our God, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber, behold. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Not only does he have a night of rest, Despite the circumstances, 
we are told that there is no fear. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Fear not. Fear not is an often repeated phrase in scripture found over 80 times. This is not because of our own innate abilities to resolve and overcome. This is not because of some aid or expected aid anticipated from our government or for that matter, our friends or anyone else around us that allow us to feel better about our circumstances and have confidence. Here it begins with, but the Lord, it's because of God. God's unchanging promise to his people is to be with his people and there is no circumstance, no future, no opposition that is beyond his power and his grace. He says to you and me today, I am here with you. For we are precious in his eyes. Isaiah 43, in speaking of the same, the Lord's presence and our need to, our, 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 no need for us to fear, says this, but now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Just remember that. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. He concludes, fear not, for I am with you. As a commentator says, as the power of God is infinite, so they conclude that it shall be invincible against all the assaults, outrages, preparations, and forces of the whole world. Here, unless we ascribe this honor to God, our courage shall be always failing. Let us therefore learn when in danger not to measure the assistance of God after the manner of man, but to despite whatever terrors may stand in our way, inasmuch as all the attempts which men may make against God are of little account when it stands before God. He tells us, fear not, for I am with you. So from sorrow to the Lord being our shield, then he reminds us of our Savior. Though we sleep, here the psalmist asks the Lord to arise, O Lord, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all the enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessing be on your people. You may recall what happened with David. God caused Absalom to listen to bad advice and thus fail to pursue and defeat his father when he was most vulnerable. Then when the battle was finally engaged, after David had been able to gather strength and prepare for it, David's troops achieved a great victory, even at the end killing his own son Absalom. This is a cry of victory, knowing that the Lord was going before them and would lead them to victory. It is the unflinching truth in the uh, the trust and the truth that God will make right the wrong. 
He will just be just in the midst of injustice. He will make us whole in the midst of brokenness. Even death cannot overcome him. He brings salvation, life in the midst of death surrounding everyone. Thus, it becomes a testimony. Salvation belongs to the Lord. As Colossians says, he, that is God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Christ Jesus, by our belief in him. And what Christ has achieved cannot change and cannot be overturned, and his people will sing as we do now. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. As Revelation 19 ends for us by saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to God who gives us salvation and deliverance in his son, Christ Jesus. What began as sorrow is reminding us of the shield and turns to our praise and confession that indeed God is the only one who can save. You may recall the words of the apostle Paul when he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he actually gives certain possibilities. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Knowing all these things, we are not squeaking by, not merely getting through, but we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. And just in case there is something that Paul might have missed in the listing of those categories, he has a bucket list when he says, nor anything else in all creation, both macro or micro, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is able to save, and he will never withdraw his grace and blessing from you and the church. May our lips, even in the midst of many challenges we face, give thanks to the Lord and say with confession, salvation belongs to the Lord. May his blessings be upon us all. We are praying for you, and may the Lord continue to keep you and protect you. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, O Lord, for being our shield, shield about us. We confess to you, O Lord, daily our minds are filled with concerns and anxieties about our children, about our safety, about our finances, about our future. We ask that you replace our minds with those things that are lovely, found in the gospel of Christ Jesus our Lord, that indeed our eyes may fixate upon you alone. Take away the restless hearts, O Lord, and grant us deep rest, not only in the evenings, but, Lord, rest each and every single day with hearts that are filled with peace, not because we are blind to what we see around us, but because our eyes see you more clearly and more uh, brightly, even as we uh, deal with our daily circumstances. May our hope shine bright in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And each and every single day, O oh Lord, as we remain faithful to the labors that you have given to us, 
May we engage things, these things not with fear, but with confidence found in you and you alone. Protect us, O Lord. Surround us. Be near us. And allow us to know and have confidence and trust in your presence in our lives. Where we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Copyright 2020, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.